0: Hello, my name is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message for all those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny. There are many people throughout the world that choose to believe things that are not real. Many people, their whole life is motivated by their identity in a belief system that cannot be shown to be based on what is reality and in truth, but that allows them to be the control center of their life in independence from the ultimate source of reality. Well, for you that are new, it doesn't matter what your background is from around the world, I do have a message that you should be listening to first, because the message today is specifically for those that have come to know the one true eternal God for whom to know is life eternal. But the message that I want to point you to at ultimatemeaning.com reveals who it is only possible that the one true eternal God could be. And a lot more. And that that is at a site that I have at ultimatemeaning.com and this time I think what I will do is I will actually take you to the site which I normally don't do that this is at ultimatemeaning.com just to show you the site for a brief moment and so I will minimize myself in a moment to do that here in order to take you there and you will see at this site here that There is this here. I'm just going to check something because I normally have, okay, it worked without, that's good. Okay, this is a flip book that I created titled Exposing the Lies. You can make it any size you want, as you can see here. You can go like that and open it up and check it out. All the print that's highlighted in red are actually links. The YouTube videos and this reveals answers that expose a mastery of deception of lie and of lies that the vast majority of the public have bought into and how it is a mastery of deception and very solid facts from many videos that make that very clear and irrefutable really. And so you can check that out there. Um, <clears throat> in the flipbook. But I also have further down here great links to new sites such as GenesisScienceNetwork.com, which gives you 24 hours, seven documentaries and videos from highly qualified scientists around the world uh, from many fields, including archaeology and so on. That are just amazing, exposing the mastery of deception behind the theory of evolution, showing that the world actually, and this universe has not been, is not that old. Oh, I know people are taught these things are fact, but they're complete lies. The scientific evidence is overwhelming, but it's not here for me to get into that at this time. But I'm pointing out. Check out GenesisScienceNetwork.com at this link here. Um, which is GenesisScienceNetwork.com. Uh Why this is crossed, I don't know, because maybe I didn't change the link in it recently on this site, but at loverealize.com, this link would be active. So uh, that's my other site. The same here. All of these go to sites that are working. And if I didn't change the links on these two here, just go to loverealize.com because I know they're changed there for sure. Down here, I have messages that are general messages that reveal what ultimate reality and truth could only be, that reveal who the one true eternal God could only be. So you can look at various messages here. This one is more, I was more reserved in this message up here. I am a lot more exuberant in. This message where I am in red here, and you know you can see all of these different messages, they're just basically the same message, many of them. And of course, I talk about some things that are rather unique. Of course, there's many dimensions of existence shown by particle exi- physics to be superior to the physical dimension. And uh, here's a man that should have... <coughs> been beheaded he 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 had a whole troop of islamists come to his door and if they god somehow blinded their eyes and they didn't kill him he also went through two people that were standing with swords to behead him and he rode through them i think twice and evaded beheading it's an amazing story uh this man is an amazing man so you can There are many such things here uh, on these videos. So check this out at ultimatemeaning.com for yourself. And um, I will just go back to my normal size here and continue with the message. This message that I do is for those that have come to know the one true God for whom to know is life eternal. He is indeed the one true God. And if you take the theory of evolution and you apply it because evolutionists believe that you are gradually, man is gradually evolving to higher and higher forms of life, you know, the survival of the fittest and all that that's their theory right well <clears throat> i can't go into all the things that are on places like genesissciencenetwork.com and in my flip flipbook that expose the folly of all of those things but i want to point this out that <clears throat> there if you apply that theory to an infinite past there should have been in the infinite past, already the maximum result of evolution, which would be a being, and it would have evolved not in a physical plane like this, probably some other dimension. and certainly not where there was sexual reproduction. Obviously, that's a very complex and high form of life. Anything that can sexually reproduce. So, you know, you apply that, you should have got what would be... the ultimate maximum of evolution and really the one true eternal God would be that but this ultimate maximum would have swallowed up the need for such a process of evolution to exist for it would have power over all the laws of the universe such as time and chance and space and so on so that indeed it did not exist in the first place and always was yes Something existed without a beginning. And oh yes, there's various wacky theories that people have that change from time to time. It's still a form of existence. Oh, it was some negative and positive existence that happened, that caused this particle that was a Big Bang. And and so we have all of this from a Big Bang. And now the Big Bang theory has been completely decimated because of the discovery by the James Webb Space Telescope. That's the space telescope that is 100 times more powerful than the Hubble and has been planted a million miles away from the Earth. It has made discoveries that have totally decimated the possibility of the Big Bang Theory so that many of the very top proponents of the Big Bang Theory say it's no longer possible that the Big Bang Theory could be true. And we go on. But I'm just here to share with you something else, which is that for there to be something that is so complex as this creation, for example, what's in the cells of body? You know, you can't even see a cell. And yet what is in those cells are amazing machinery. So complex that the most highest AI technology that they talk about that's so great. It's going to take over man and all of these things. Doesn't touch the surface of what is in your cells. They could never come close to creating that. Let me show it to you. It's on the website it was just at. Give you a little example of it. Why not while I'm here? I'll go back to that website. Oops, that's not the right one. That's the Love Realize website. But I have the other one here too. Uh, Let's see where it might have got to here. Here it is. This is the Love Realize website. I have up here. And I will minimize myself again. Because I need to. Okay, I have up here. Oops, see, Daisy. I'm getting into the book there by accident. I have here. Some videos, and I will show you what's in your cell. It's a little different today. Somehow I've been led today to do things a bit different. That's okay, isn't it? Here, look at this video. You want to see what's inside your cell, do you?
1: Well, I'm going to just skip. To you achieve glands produced by nature. We're going to As take PhD a look at this. One ...incredibly complex array of microbiotechnology that rivals the most sophisticated feats That's of engineering cell. that humans have ever achieved. Now, there are many different types of kinesin and kinesin-related proteins, each with different specifications and functions that have been discovered in various organisms from yeast to humans. But the following example is a very basic scientific description of what a typical kinesin... Chinese have demonstrated the remarkable ability to reroute around obstructions when needed. Of course, this not only demonstrates programming of the kind that computer science describes as conditional statements, illustrated by an if then else construct common to most programming languages, i.e., if an obstruction, then reroute. It also means that they can somehow determine alternate routes through some type of program operating in the background that can provide the most efficient path available. And no one yet knows what exactly that program is or how it works. and proteins also coordinate their efforts should the task at hand be too much for just one of them to complete. Like runners in a relay race, Kinesians sometimes hand off their cargo to a fresh worker after bringing it a certain distance. And if the cargo to be transported isn't just a one-man job so to speak multiple kinesin will join and pull the load together and however mundane a simple delivery service may seem research has shown that kinesin do far more than so-called grunt work among their most important functions are the support of cell division and transporting neurotransmitters needed for neurons to communicate with one another some kinesin dismantle microtubules And since controlling microtubule length is vitally important during cell division, as it can cause chromosome instability, which is linked to human cancer, their work is very important
0: indeed. I don't need to tell you more about that. You can see it for yourself. They say, according to what I saw on Genesis Science Network, there's so much information in what goes into putting your body together to make uniquely who you are that it would be like a stack of books going all the way to the moon and back 50 times. That's what I heard them say on there. Hard to believe, isn't it? Well, that's what's just in your little human cell. So, that's really amazing. Very amazing. I'm just checking to make sure everything's okay here. Um... So, the second law of thermodynamics says that everything left on its own goes in a direction of disorder to complete chaos. And since there's an infinite past, we should have come to complete chaos in the infinite past. But here we are with such design and order. Wow, isn't that amazing? It's also amazing the vastness of the universe. What the James Webb Space Telescope can see and the Hubble Space Telescope can see, they've calculated, but they can't see all the stars in the universe. And yet what they can see is equivalent. Do You you know how vast the universe is. I don't need to tell you. It is so vast that the speed of light, which goes seven times around the world in one second, takes, what is it, five or seven years to get to the closest star? And our sun is a thousand times bigger than the earth. And it's just an average sized sun or star. And there are stars way bigger than the sun. And yet from what they can see in the universe, for every grain of sand on the earth, there would be a thousand suns. Way more than every single grain of sand on the earth. Or for every eight billion people that exist on the earth, each one would have, is it 18 trillion or... 80 trillion stars to themselves. <clears throat> what is this, the little speck of a planet, in the midst of such a vast universe? It is insignificant. And yet, the Creator is so great that He can communicate with His creation. Well, that's pretty obvious if He can do what He can do in a little cell and make such amazing things in your little cells that you are so small you can't see, and have in them an enormous city, and you were just seeing a minute little bit in the cell there of what would be an enormous city that's in one cell of many different types of machinery. Yes, the Creator is not so small that he can't communicate with his creation. In fact, in the Bible, in Genesis 18, we have the historical account of Abraham and he's, it's the heat of the day. He's sitting at his tent door and three men are standing before them, maybe they're 10 feet away or whatever. He can tell they're probably more than just the normal human beings, very majestic man, probably. He bows before them and says, can I make a meal for you? Calls his servant to make them a meal and they eat together. This is just before they go down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, of course. And while they're eating together, he addresses the leader of those three men as Yahweh, or Yehovah as some pronounce it, although it's more accurate to say Yahweh. That is the most sacred name for God, basically meaning the I am that I am, the ultimate reality that is separate above and beyond creation. And I want to describe who this one true eternal God is briefly here. I wasn't. Mainly you can find this all at my website at Ultimate Meaning, but for some reason I'm impelled to share this message. And so I want to share with you that the dictionaries describe truth as being that which is real or reality. And reality is described in various dictionaries as that which is unchangeable, indestructible, absolute, ultimate reality. Yahweh means the ultimate reality. The I am that I am as he is also defined. In Hebrew it is asher, ahiyah asher. I am to be I am. He is the ultimate reality. That's the name for God in the Old Testament, the original Hebrew. And the other name that is always with that is the name Elohim, which means literally the Almighty's. So it is the ultimate reality, the Almighty's, referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, you must believe in three gods. No, we don't believe in three gods. We believe in only one God, Yahweh, the I am that I am. That's who Jesus Christ said that he is. And he's so great that he could come down And communicate with Abraham. And yes, he came. Into this little speck of the planet. In the midst of this vast creation. And humbled himself more than you a mere creature. And suffered more than you a mere creature on the cross. His death was foretold in detail. Hundreds and hundreds up to a thousand years ago. And some details of of his death and resurrection. I could go on and talk for a long time about this. John the Baptist, when Christ came, said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Well, they used to offer innocent lambs as a symbol of sin being transferred from them onto that innocent lamb. And that was happening from the time of Adam and Eve. God is actually the source of forgiveness. And they acknowledged when they killed those lambs that the lamb was not the source of the forgiveness. But God, you can see that in Micah 6, where it says, if I gave my body as, or the fruit of my womb as a sacrifice, it wouldn't be sufficient to atone for the sins of my soul. That the animal sacrifices, they acknowledged that it could only cleanse the physical realm of their and the physical part of their body to allow God to be close to them but that God was the source of forgiveness and so I want to describe a bit about the quality of who the ultimate reality is and I want to mention first of all that for God to be almighty he is in three personages because he must rule in the three ultimate aspects of existence which are beyond The creation realm, as the Father, which means the originator. In the creation realm, which is the Son, the word Son means expression. The Son is the expression of the perfection of the being of God's love into the creation realm, and the one and only expression of it. And the third dimension of existence is in omnipresence, filling all dimensions of existence and all planes and dimensions of time and so you have the three personages you cannot rule and be in conscious rule if you cannot be in person personage in that aspect of existence and so for God to be in the three ultimate aspects of existence in order to rule in them he must be in personage in those three ultimate aspects of existence which are as the Father beyond creation as the Son and beyond time and space as the Son into the creation realm to experience it partake of it communicate with it as the Holy Spirit and Omnipresence in his creative power to bring all particles of existence back to life if they've decayed and gone to death as will happen in the resurrection of the dead in God's appointed time oh but if we're just such a little speck in the universe Well, what about, isn't there life on other planets? Yeah, there's, you're never going to reach it. It's too far away. Yeah, God's created life on many other planets according to people that have died and have come back to life. I've written a book on that called Afterlife, Incredible, Irrefutable, which you can purchase on Amazon. It would be a bestseller if I properly advertised it because I've read the bestsellers and I know this is better than the bestsellers. It has many interesting examples of people that have died that aren't in the bestsellers. It has way more thorough answers to the hardest questions. So I would, you can get it on your phone and Amazon Kindle after incredible, incredibly irrefutable. But because I haven't advertised it or done it properly, <laughs> I don't have any star ratings and people don't know that there's a book up there that is really that good. Check it out. You will not be bored reading that book. Believe me. It will have a tremendous impact on your life. Highly verified evidence in life after death. Can't get into that for time right now. But I want to point out this. I was going to say, what is truth? Well, truth is, I said, real, is defined as what is real and reality. I mentioned about reality. But what could this ultimate reality only be? It could only be an ultimate perfection and manifestation of love that is the very source of love in the way that I'm about to define it. A love that always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. Because any love that would be less would have a measure of corruption in it. This love will not condone the slightest that is contrary to love. In fact, as it were, it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to love. This is the integrity of God's love, the purity of his love, or if you will, the holiness of God's love, the defensive aspect of the being of God. He is the very destroyer of corruption. But he created us with our own free will because that's the only way you can have the capacity to love. He didn't create us as machines. The dilemma is when you create beings with a capacity to love that are the source of their own action and therefore self-responsible, there's the potential for them to make choices and bounce against that reality in a negative way of rebellion that causes terrible consequences. A hell in their heart that can cause a hell in other people's heart and if they make choices in rebellion that can cause a hell contagious state of being in them that is anti-life, that is worse than non-existence because it results in being separated from love, from God in a realm of torment that goes on without end. So what I'm sharing with you here is about this love that it is so pure. And that is represented in the negative symbol in math, in electricity, in nature, which negative symbol represents an indestructible foundation of reality from which can spring forth creation that can go on forever without corruption that ensures there's a destiny, no one is heaven. We are in a realm here where our life has not yet really begun. This is the preparation for the real life that you will enter, either in heaven or in hell. If you rebel against love, and you reject the ultimate perfection of love, which is who God is, and you completely can harden yourself to be at enmity and war against this quality of the being of God's love. Obviously, you will be immune to wanting to respond to it and be in a state of being that is hell contagious, anti-life, anti-existent, and can only be in a realm relegated to the garbage dump of the universe. Oh, but why would God allow such suffering? Because God is love, and love requires free will, and that's just the reality of the way things are. Because there are a bunch of bricks that make up a home, and some of them choose to be unwilling to fit in to the building in their rebellion. Should that little bit of waste material that's involved in the building of the house negate the existence of the house? No. So we cannot say, oh, God shouldn't have created a realm where there is the potential for suffering. That means that there couldn't be love. That means that God couldn't experience love, which is the highest form of existence, the highest form of pleasure that goes on forever and ever. Not in this present realm, which is a realm of preparation. Your real life begins when you transition out of your body when you leave this shell that is eventually decayed away, unless you happen to be alive when there is the resurrection of the dead. But God's love has another aspect to it. I've described the symbol, the negative symbol in mathematics and electronics and nature. But the other part of, of that symbol. causes electricity to flow is when there is the positive symbol which is formed by crossing out the negative symbol and yes God's love is so great as I said that he became a a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice on the cross for you so that you could choose to repent and be reconciled to God there is no love that is greater than this love that I'm describing there's no love that could be imagined that is greater. Only this love could be entrusted with unlimited power and authority in life without being corrupted by it or using it in a corrupt way, thus indicating God to be the very source, indicative that God is the very source and that this is only who God could be. And so I've just just described to to you who the only true God could possibly be and this is good news and this quality in the being of god was a reality in the infinite past before the world was created not just a capacity it was as if it, all, it was as real as if it had already happened it says in the bible that jesus christ is the lamb of god that was slain before the world was created or before the foundation of the world in the infinite past for god has always been beyond the time the realms of time and space in the infinite past. And the being of God is a reality in these two aspects. He always was able to condescend to this little planet in the midst of this vast universe and enter this time and space realm and love you that much so that you could choose to repent and ask God to be the lord and savior of your life Yahweh the almighty's father son and Holy Spirit to come into your life And so I bid you to hear the call of his spirit and humble yourself and with the depths of your being to cry unto him to be the Lord and savior of your life oh yeah I was mentioning that there's life in other planets and so on I don't know how that works I know that what this person said that asked this question to God and he says that's what he experienced was the reply was that the earth was one of the most corrupt planets in the universe. Well, maybe he came here because it was the most corrupt. But who's to say God can come to all of these other creations if they needed the same thing to happen and have done it there? I don't know. That's a mystery and it's not necessary to know that. The main thing is that we know that Jesus Christ is God that came to this world and rose from the dead and that we can be reconciled to him. That is what is wonderful news. And so I am sharing with you the good news. And I'm just going to now, man, I've been talking for a while. I do... um, These messages, now I'm going to talk to those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or if you will, Yahweh, the Almighty's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as their Lord and Savior. I'm going to explain to you how I share these messages. The Word of God says, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. So I will seek to allow God to speak through me, which is why I do not prepare my messages. What I do is I seek another word to speak prophetically because the Word of God says in Revelations 19.10, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when we worship God in spirit and in truth with great humility and reverence and awe and love towards God, We are filled with the Spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that results in creative utterances that come from the Spirit of God. And so to facilitate speaking as the oracles of God are prophetically, I cast lots before God using two independent applications to get the possibility of any two chapters from the Word of God. Just going to excuse me with something there. And... So I will share with you what I received by the casting of law this week. I just meditate on these chapters for a half an hour and make some brief notes in that half an hour. And I haven't been able to do it every day this week and not today because I had to do this message and I've been helping someone that has a lot of need right now, needs a lot of help and will eventually probably have to be in a special home. So... Um, I will share with you what I've received this week. And I don't know what I'm going to say, but this is a message to the body of Christ, especially in Canada and in the United States. It is the message of what God is saying by his spirit to the body of Christ in this time. And I also cast lots to receive a worship song. I have 148 of them up on my website right now at both ultimate and love which are wonderful ones to listen to. There's a few I don't care for that much that I might take down and eventually get better ones up there, but most of them are really high quality songs. So today was one that's kind of not, I, there's some I really like. This is one of the more average ones, but it's a really good worship song, nevertheless. And so it's not the typical modern songs. There's a lot more meaning and depth in all of these songs. And like music is usually a lot more beautiful as well. So we're gonna go with that worship song now that I have chosen. And after that, I will share what I've received. Okay. So here we are. I will minimize myself. Minimize myself as soon as I get this rolling here. Okay. Gotta bring the sound up. Secret place, under the shadow of the Almighty. Nothing is more wonderful than that. That is for sure. Well, I will just go to the passages that I received this week. I believe I have them here. So, and I don't even remember what I shared way back on Monday. So I have to read it myself. But I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Both of these chapters have miracles performed by God. In Exodus 7, the miracles hardened Pharaoh's heart. And in Mark 8, they fulfilled a genuine need and moved the people to glorify God. And if I remember right, in Mark 8, it is about the loaves of bread and the fishes being multiplied. But in Exodus chapter 7, the more of the miracles were that Pharaoh saw, the more he hardened his heart. Isn't this amazing? It is true today that the same thing is happening to everyone in this world. Either their hearts are being exposed to the truth and they're ignoring it more and more and their heart is becoming harder and harder. And they are being conformed to a state at total enmity with God where they come to the place where somehow through circumstances and other things that happen to them and a deep cry in their heart for reality for something that satisfies and will fill that God vacuum. That hardness is broken. But some, it never is broken. But we're all being confronted with truth. And there's an ongoing process of either responding to the truth, to the point of genuine conversion, and then once there is that genuine conversion, an ongoing process of deeper and deeper conversions and transformations into conformity to the being of God's love in preparation for the world to come or you are becoming more and more a son or a daughter of darkness and we see the ultimate manifestation of that today we see it very evident I don't need to mention the details. I think everyone can see what's going on in the world since this war began in Israel. The ugliness, the tragedy of the people that have experienced such a terrible attack because of a belief system of death, a belief system in some God that, would, that they think would be happy over doing that to righteous, pure, upright people that fear God. And they torture them to death in the worst way that I wouldn't even describe here on the internet because it might give you nightmares if you found out some of the things they did to the people. But remember this, God, whatever you face, even what these people faced when they went through such terrible torture, having their eyes gouged out and their sexual organs cut out and so on while being still alive. These terrible things that were done Because of the terrible evil that is in these people that are with a demonized doctrine and have been conformed to a state that is demonic. Even them, if we pray for them, some of them can be saved. Do you know the son of one of the top Hamas leaders became converted to Christ and is strongly speaking against the evils of that belief system? And of the evils that were done. I forget his name, So, but you can look him. You might find him on YouTube. But he's up there really reproving all this wickedness that has happened. And he's now a true uh, son of God that has had a deep conversion to Jesus Christ. But this is something that is going on all the time. Either people's hearts are being hardened. And here is another aspect of it people choose to believe lies like it says in the word of God it says in the last days that God will give them strong delusion to believe a lie that they all all might be condemned who love not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness do we see strong delusion yes we do it is very very evident that there is strong delusion people are believing in things that are so wicked and destructive. They are insane. Look at the stuff that's been happening in the school systems that they're trying to push on the children. How insane is that? It's not just happening in the States. and Canada where I am here, it's happening around the world. Christ said before his coming that there would be the clear manifestation of the wheat and the tares and we are seeing the manifestations of the sons of darkness and the sons of God as never before. And this is an indication of the soon return of Jesus Christ to this world. So God is saying that we are to be those, as believers, that do not allow the loves of this temporal realm to be those things that we become mesmerized by and our heart is taken up with so that our heart is hardened by these temporal loves of this temporal life because that's where all our focus is and we haven't entered into a far more abundant life that we can experience in this world of union with God that was described in this song that you can know such a deep inner touching of the presence of God and of communion with him as Christ said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And that, my friend, you can experience if you believe from your heart in who Jesus Christ is, that he is God manifest in the flesh, that became a perfect substitutionary atoning sacrifice for your sins, and you receive God's love in Jesus Christ that was abhorred on the cross, unto death and he rose from the dead was seen by 500 people at one time and four lawyers set out to disprove the resurrection by writing a book against the resurrection of christ and were converted in the process recently in this last century i believe almost i think all of them are in this last century the evidence is overwhelming I am speaking to you as the very meaning and purpose for which you are created is to experience a love relationship with God and his creation and to find your destiny with the family of God in heaven where there's multitudes of angels and beings from many other sources of the universe all worshipping and loving God in beautiful union and there's the family of God and I pray your parents and your family and your relatives find this love and receive this one true God who is love as revealed in Jesus Christ. So I want to go on to what I received on November the 14th by the casting of Lot before God. And this is very unique when I get two scriptures by the casting of Lot before God which I do with great reverence because it has a synergistic effect on having a far more effectual message and even though I don't know what I'm gonna say about these next two chapters I know that God by his spirit will speak to the body of Christ and I saw some amazing things that I believe is only by God's spirit that I could see as to how these two chapters fit together Genesis 41 and 1 Corinthians 5. Genesis 41 is about the account of Joseph interpreting the dream of Pharaoh who had a dream in which he saw seven fat corn and seven fat cattle. And then he saw after that seven really badly bad corn that was all shriveled that ate up the fat corn. And seven lean cows that were terribly lean and they ate up the fat cows. And only Joseph could interpret the dream. And as a result, Pharaoh made him king of Egypt. And what Joseph said was, Pharaoh, this represents seven years. There's going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine in Egypt. And the seven years of famine will be so severe that you won't even remember the seven years of plenty. So this is what you should do, Pharaoh. Store up in the seven years of plenty a tremendous surplus so that when the seven years of famine come, the whole world, and especially Egypt, can be fed. And that's what happened. And because of that, he was made ruler over all of these things, the second in command to Pharaoh. An amazing story that many of us know is the story of Joseph. And I don't have time to go into the details of that, but the word of God says concerning Joseph, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. That is a quote from somewhere in the Psalms. Until his word came, the word of the Lord Of the Lord tried him. Now, Joseph had this dream and he told it to his brothers, and they were so jealous and upset with him that his father loved him more than them, that in their wicked state of being before they were converted, they tried to kill him and then in the end decided to sell him to the Ishmaelites. And so that's what they did. And they dipped his coat in blood and told their father that he was killed by a beast, the very one that he loved so much. What a terrible thing to do to their father. That they would have such envy and jealousy is sad. And so here he is, this pharaoh before Egypt, and there they come, and they have no food, and they can't tell that this pharaoh that is before them is Joseph, and so he gives them a hard time that corners them to a place of total desperation where they're just on their knees before him asking for mercy. And then he reveals himself to them as their youngest brother that they sold to the Ishmaelites. And in tears, he can't hold back the tears, and he says, I choose to forgive god sent me ahead of you to prepare you for this time now you know the dream that i was telling your father jacob was true but you were angry that i told jacob that i had these dreams where i was ruling over you but now you know it's true and he wept and he embraced them all with tears and especially his youngest brother that did not would that was not alive when this happened So that's the account in Genesis 41. And in 1 Corinthians 5, we have also something that's very significant and important to see here. And I want to show you what God is saying from these two chapters. Once I read this, I saw what God, by his Spirit, is saying to the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 13. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you, for I verily is absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done so done this deed, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glory is not good, know ye not, that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, purge out there for the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened for even christ our passover is sacrifice for us and what happened is this man was restored he repented and he was restored and forgiven but he could have been delivered onto satan for the destruction of his body in other words he would agree in prayer that he he would be taken and killed because if he isn't he'll get to a point where he is in such conformity to darkness that he will be unsaved and be in eternal torment in hell. This way he would escape that. But he would only be saved by the skin of his teeth. There would be very little conformity of his soul. It would be a very lower state of existence, but still a state in heaven of fulfillment nevertheless. So how do these two passages come together? They come together in an amazing way the account of Joseph and this account in Corinthians are very analogous. And I want to point out how they're analogous. You see, Paul points out to the Corinthians that they had become puffed up instead of partaking of the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This was because they ignored serious sin that was in their midst. They should have mourned over the sin and purged it out of their midst. Instead, they were just going along, having church as usual, when they knew that there was people committing terrible sin against God. They should have been mourning over this and realizing the seriousness of it. But they did respond to the words of reproof by the Apostle Paul to purge out the pride of leaven and partake of the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Yes, it says of Joseph, until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. And basically, you look at Joseph, and when he was sold by his brothers, he could have been better. He could have said, "If I'm not going to believe in you, God, if you did this to me. But no, he had such a fear of God that he still had faith in God, so much faith in God, that when he was entrusted by a very wealthy man in Egypt with all of his goods, and that wealthy man's wife wanted to have a sexual relationship with him, he fled from her because he didn't want to displease his master and violate. But then she goes and falsely accuses him of raping her when he did no such thing. And so he's thrown into prison but becomes even there someone that people look up to to the point that Pharaoh finds out that he can interpret dreams and he gets his dream interpreted and he becomes a second command in Egypt. Joseph represents being in the place of uprightness and the ability to partake of God without becoming puffed up with pride which leads to sin. The genuine fear of God is so important to have. The genuine fear of God involves great reverence and awe before who God is in the acknowledgement of the integrity of his love to be severe on us and severe on this world against corruption because we all have the potential to be very evil apart from God. And the fear of God acknowledges that the holiness of God, which is the integrity of his love that will not tolerate corruption, is something that is good, not something to have a negative fear about so that you have a wrong perception of God and you, re, you view him as some tyrant and dictator that needs performance and appeasement to be accepted by him. That is a wrong perception of God. That is the perception that comes out of focusing on the consequences of the holiness of God, that is the integrity of his love, and becoming in some measure disillusioned and unthankful that God would allow this instead of recognizing that God is not the source of the evil. He is the source of the judgment that will not allow this evil to be a cancer that corrupts. And therefore, he is a fear, and that is why there's suffering in the world. That is why all of these things are happening, because not because God is the source, but because man has rebelled against God. And so the genuine fear of God does not doubt God Like Eve doubted God and said, hath God said? That is a state of perceiving God wrongly. It is a state that is totally contrary to the fear of God. To receive that doubt is due to us being independent in our own understanding of who God is because We are focused on ourselves and on the consequences around us instead of recognizing that God is the source of all good, that his severity on sin is good. It ensures a destiny where there will be no corruption. And so the genuine fear of God causes us to become very honest before God And that honesty drives us to a place of great humility before God, and vice versa. The genuine fear of God causes us to be humbled before God that drives us to the place of honesty before God, to the place of uprightness, where we are not puffed up, where we are not proud, but we become like children. We become genuinely converted. Christ said, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of God. You cannot rightly see the kingdom of God or perceive the kingdom of God or perceive God aright if you are not willing to acknowledge that his holiness or that is the integrity of his love is good in its severity and that we need his mercy. And until you can receive the holiness of God and recognize that it is good, you cannot cry out for mercy because you won't recognize your need for the mercy of God. You will justify yourself and so what puts these two passages together is learning the ways of God which are to walk in the secret of abiding in God which is what we saw in this song it was talking about her spirit touching the throne of grace well, my spirit cannot touch the throne of grace if there's not a deep turning in the heart. And the only thing that can bring a deep turning in the heart is a right reception from the heart of who God is first in his holiness, that it is good and that we are undone apart from his mercy so that we cry out like the public and that beat his breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, instead of being puffed up with self-righteous pride and justifying ourselves. And how do we abide in God? It says, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. It is a constant abiding, learning to break up the hardness, to circumcise our heart, to have a heart that is soft and tender and before God means to have a life of prayer. And sometimes it's hard to break through into that deep relationship with God in prayer. But as you learn to persevere like you do running And finally, you get your second breath, right? You persevere, and you come into a closer and closer inner, abiding, dwelling communion that is so wonderful in your relationship with Christ that it grows and it grows. What God is saying in these two passages to the body of Christ is that God is calling us as individuals and as the church in this time which is still a time of plenty, to humble ourselves and purge out the compromise of the world and the church, that the church would be prepared against the time of trial to be overcomers in this time of great tribulation that is coming. That's what God is saying. He is wanting the body of Christ to return to the genuine fear of God. And that means that we do not have the loves of the world or the things of the world as the focus and the whirlwind that makes our hearts. That's what causes division. That's what causes families to break apart. That's what causes marriages to break apart. You know, my parents, whenever they went to bed, my dad and mom always prayed together. And they always asked each other, if you've been hurt by anything I did today and and I've offended you could you please tell me because I would want to repent if I've done anything to hurt you if I've been sensitive to you they always kept a right relationship with each other I remember the lady that told me how her husband had fallen away from God and didn't want to come to church and to her the fellowship and his heart was hard and God kept challenging her to go and wash his feet with a tall and she said no I can't do that no I can't she finally came to the point where she did it and her husband said no no don't do that don't wash my feet don't do that but she did and he broke down in tears and she broke in t- down in tears and that hardness was broken and they were reconciled to each other brothers and sisters we need to learn to wash one another's feet. Spiritually, and maybe polish one another's shoes just as an act to humble ourselves before one another. If someone's offended us and they are more in the wrong, we can humble ourselves and say, I appreciate this and this and this in you, but I was offended about this, but you know, I just want you to know that, but I still love you and you know, win them with your love, with your humility. Do not let hardness and division come into the body of Christ learn to be knit together unto the riches of the full assurance of understanding as it describes in the word of God. Unto the acknowledgement of that mystery of union that is in the triunity of God itself. For it says in Isaiah 33 concerning the Messiah that the fear of the Lord is his treasure because that is the secret of abiding in a deep union with God where pride cannot creep in. It is pride that causes division. It is the root of presumption. It is an aspect of hardness of heart. God is calling us to be baptized in his love as never before and to love one another fervently as never before. That was his commandment, that we would love one another as he loved us. He's calling the church to be prepared now for his coming by returning to the genuine fear of God and repenting of the loves of the world where your life is taken up with pleasures of this life. Taken up with materialism. Taken up with gods of amusement where you spend hours watching sports and you hardly pray and seek God and know a relationship with him. And you wonder why there's all these things going wrong in your life and there's all this division and all these things. It's because... There has not been genuine depth and conversion in the first place out of the genuine fear of God. And because there is not a life of prayer and because you're not redeeming the time, you're spending it on things that do not count for eternity. I could go on and on. And I cannot speak in anything more than these two passages for time. I have another book I've written which you can get on the internet titled God, Headship and Body Invasion, And everything you can do in your church and there's a different cover now on there but similar but different and that book shares with you everything you can do in your local assembly to not limit the fullness of the headship of christ from inhabiting your local assembly and i'm calling the church to no longer be the church the way it was but to come into a new order that does not limit the fullness of the headship of christ in your local assembly And that means that you don't have pre-service prayer meetings. You make your church service a prayer meeting. You start your church service maybe with a half an hour of prayer or an hour of prayer. Maybe people praying individually for about 10 minutes first and then one praying out another, everyone standing with them. And then out of that prayer, you allow the gifts of the Spirit to move. You allow people to get up and give testimonies. They don't have to ask permission to use the mic. You allow them to spontaneously sing a love song unto God. Maybe all they have is a seed thought and they sing it out and it becomes a beautiful song. You allow someone to give a word of exhortation. You do not limit the bo- God from moving through each member of the body. It also means that you have far more creativity in your songs, depth and meaning out of worship. It means also that you have a meal together after every church service. And maybe if you're too clickish, you cast lots, so you with a different person on each meal, and maybe with the dessert you can go with your friends. You see, you do things like this, and this becomes the norm, so that we become community, and we become those that fulfill John seventeen and Ephesians 4 for the last days, and of what it says in Acts, whom the heavens must receive till the restitution of all things. Speaking of Jesus Christ, and this is the hour when God wants to begin to do that. And this is the way you will conquer your nation. God's tired of denominations, whether it's the denomination of the Catholic Church or the denomination of some other. It is time to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ isn't some hierarchy that's totally sensitive to Christ the head and is just filled with religious rituals. It's like the underground church of China that is greatly persecuted and other underground church movements that are very enormous in the world. You can check a lot of that out on my website. I have Brother Yun, a link to Brother Yun, the heavenly man there, that was severely persecuted by the Chinese Communist Party in China. He's written an audio book that you can listen to for free on the internet. If you go to YouTube, you can listen to it. Well, there's not much more I can share. This has been a long message. But it's been a privilege. And pray for me that God would, there's been a hindrance to me being able to use a lot of my time because I'm helping someone that is in need and there's no one else to help this lady. And I'm hoping that we can get her into a good place where she can be looked after soon. I'm helping this lady with other people that are helping her, including the, the health authorities here. And also, that's taking a lot of my time up. So pray I can have more time to get the work because I want to start having a church service right where I live here, where the body comes alive and where these things begin to happen. Pray that God will supply my needs financially so that I can have the money for a building or whatever because I want to see a church started right where I live here or wherever God leads me if he leads me to some other place in the world thank you for listening to this message. God bless you all.
2: Thank you.